build the best product. I've been involved in the Patagonia field testing program for a little over 20 years right now. For silent sports done in nature. That's the feeling. That's the feeling that I fell in love with with climbing. Cause no unnecessary harm. Of organic cotton and recycled polyester to recycling the clothing to measuring our carbon footprint. Inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. To give some love back to this river that doesn't have any. It's not getting any love. See what drives us at patagonia.com. With additional support from Kuat Racks and New Belgium Brewing. I didn't know you were the Sundance kid when I said you were cheating. I draw on you. you Jeremiah were. Johnson. Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I cannot remember the name of the movie. Uh, Judge Roy Bean. You know, like the John Wayne Western exists as like this giant cloud. You know, it's not like you have a one that you're a huge fan of or, or another. Why don't you just invite us to stick around? I think I think Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is probably pretty high up there. If I did not want people to think I was cool at all, I could just name, you know, cheesy, cheesy movies. Like, I'll watch, I actually watched Young Guns, like, four months ago when I was I had a bike trainer going because I was training for a bike tour and I was like you know I'm just gonna put this in because I think Emilio Estevez does a really great job as Billy the Kid as a as a fun character you know and I feel totally ashamed of it you know I'd never tell anybody that Cowboys ain't easy to love so basically you're you're a connoisseur of westerns huh I would think so maybe yeah and then you know anything involving mountains or the west i mean i probably saw a river runs through it at least 10 times you know and that has nothing to do with cowboys but everything to do with missoula montana brennan leonard's father joe raised him on westerns it didn't have to be a classic it just had to involve western america's mythic landscape for these two guys to enjoy it growing up on these movies something about these films and their semi-tragic heroes spoke to these guys to a kid in small town iowa Something about the cowboy, something about the outlaw, about the idea of going west to redefine yourself made a lot of sense. These guys stare off into the sunset and they're thinking something, you know, they're figuring something out, you know. And uh, I think I always wanted to be one of those people who had like, not who had problems, but, you know, had something worth figuring out, you know, as opposed to somebody who just kind of went with the flow of life and, you know, like, okay, I'm done with college, I got a job, gonna get a house, gonna do my thing, and not really, never really step back and look at stuff, you know. Brennan also wanted to be tough, to be a badass like Doc, Billy, or Butch. The thing is, though, it's getting harder and harder for a kid from the suburbs or a small town to be a cowboy these days. You don't just sign on with a cattle drive. And at first, when Brennan headed west, it didn't go so well. I think I used to drink and do really stupid shit. And I think at the time I thought I was a badass. I mean, like, there were a couple times I was, you know, woke up after being beaten up and, you know, I went to jail a couple times and just, like, nothing really serious. But, you know, looking back on it, I was like, yeah, I'm so crazy. All this crazy shit happens to me because I'm so nuts. And I was like, you're not a badass. You're a dumbass, you know. Uh, but uh, I think climbing did that for me. And, you know, like, that's maybe, like the ethos of the cowboy where it's like this is the first time in my life that I felt like I'm a kind of a little bit of a badass you know what I mean like I don't know they just knew they were tougher than anybody you know and maybe 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 some of us still want a little bit of that you know we're like I'm not gonna go and 
move out to the desert and be a cowboy and herd cattle and have to be really tough. I sit in an office all day, but like maybe there's some of me that wants to get out and actually have a visceral experience where I am scared and have to be tough or whatever. Things changed for the better once Brendan found climbing. The ideal, the cowboy ethos of the strong, silent type, it's still a part of our broader culture, and even more so in our climbing world culture. We too know how to handle a rope, and we also call our friends partner. We respect daring, and have been known to embrace lawlessness. Most people think of an inheritance as a physical object, money, or maybe a piece of property passed on from parent to child or deeded in a will. Could it be more than that, though? Could it be wanderlust, a heart for open places, maybe even a slightly goofy passion for cowboy flicks? Could it even be half a continent? Today, Ben and Leonard presents Go West, a story about mountain people and the dreams parents instill in their children. I'm Fitzcahal, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. I roll over onto my right side and peek out the saucer-sized hole I had left in my sleeping bag for breathing. I open a slit of one nearsighted, contact lensless eye and make out a world one-third black, one-third glowing orange, and one-third deep blue. The Navajo dog, one of those dogs who belongs to the whole reservation and not just one person, has moseyed along after sleeping 15 feet away from me for most of the night. I'm still mostly asleep and could have slept for another hour or two, but a sunrise most people only ever see on an office wall calendar was slowly opening up behind the thousand-foot-high east and west mittens, the centerpiece of Monument Valley. The mittens are American icons, and though most folks probably couldn't tell you where they are on a map, if you showed those same people a photo of the mittens, they would tell you they're in the United States somewhere, somewhere out west. The reason they know that probably has something to do with Western movies directed by a guy named John Ford. The reason I'm here squinting at them out of a hole in my sleeping bag isn't because I saw them in an old John Ford movie like Stagecoach, but it is because my father loved Westerns and through them inspired in me a love of the West. As I grew up in the flat Midwest, my dad spoke the words out West as if they were capitalized important, making it holier than any other part of the country. The way other fathers speak of the 1967 Green Bay Packers are the good old days. His name was Jeremiah Johnson. They say he wanted to be a mountain man. In 1973, my dad was 22 years old. After taking a road trip in a Chevy Love pickup through Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, and California with his legendary high school buddy, Carrie, Joe ended up in Loveland, Colorado, where his sister lived. Loveland is not one of those famous mountain towns, but to a young guy who spent his entire life in a small town in Iowa, it might as well have been Aspen. He was a man of proper wit and adventurous spirit, suited to the mountains. I guess when I left Nebraska, that's when I started looking at the western skyline, hoping to catch that first glimpse. And once I caught a glimpse, and I I couldn't tell you where exactly we were, but I just kept looking and just kept getting better and better all the way. He was a young man and ghosty stories about the tall hills didn't scare him none. After a few months of living in Loveland and working at a local grocery store, Dad moved into a drafty trailer in Pooter Park, 
The wild and scenic Poudre River roared by 50 feet away from their back door, and canyon walls shot up hundreds of feet around it. Rocky Mountain National Park was a few minutes away by car. That year, Robert Redford would star in the Mountain Man classic movie, Jeremiah Johnson. John Denver released an album called Rocky Mountain High. Just where is it I could find bear, beaver, and other critters worth cash money when skinned? Ride due west of the sunset. Turn left at the Rocky Mountain. But Dad didn't stay. To a kid who grew up poor, security was a bigger priority than the scenery of the Rockies. So after a year, Dad moved back to Iowa, got a good job, and married my mom, Miss Congeniality 1969, in Emmitsburg, Iowa. My brother arrived in 1977, and I followed in 1979. My dad's career provided enough security for us to take a handful of trips to the mythical West. Do you like the sound of the sound at night? I enjoyed some of the best times of my life in the mountains. I want to make sure that if I experienced it, that you would experience it and see if you enjoyed it. There's a photo of my dad and me taken in August 1985 on a bench made out of stacked rocks and sawed timber. The bench is somewhere along Trail Ridge Road in Rocky Mountain National Park, allowing park visitors an incredible view of a collection of peaks along the Continental Divide. My then eight-year-old brother snapped a photo of us. I'm six with blonde hair, legs dangling in the air beneath me. My dad would be a young 34 in the photo, and you can tell by the smile on his face that he knows he's in a special place. I guess all the places, you know, we'd been to amusement parks and we'd been all that, you know, and, and those are fun in their own right, but uh, nothing's, nothing's like the mountains. I just thought of, uh, thought of the mountains as something that was there and, and, you know, you had to get out and dig in and, and enjoy it. What I want to know is, at what point do you begin to dream less for yourself and more for your children? When a new father hears the words, it's a boy, how much time elapses before he thinks, all-star second baseman? Do you watch your daughter playing with blocks and imagine her 28 years older wearing a lab coat and a stethoscope? The things that make me happy... Alpine starts, desert sunsets, exposed ridgelines are not things that my parents can easily explain to people they meet at parties. If I weren't a lawyer, an accountant, a father, or just a rabid Chicago Cubs fan, those are things my parents could relate to their friends at dinner parties. I'm sure my dad never goes into work on Monday morning and says to the guys, well, my youngest son finally led that heinous off-with line at Vitavu he's been eyeballing since last summer. I drive a 14-year-old car with 180,000 miles and about 50 dents on it. The replacement value of my outdoor gear is larger than my life savings. I own one tie and have never owned a suit. In the hardworking Iowa I come from, this is not what success looks like. She in the evening sky, racing fast with the After 31 years, I now have enough hindsight to see that my father has been supportive of mostly everything even if he disagreed with me. Pierced your ears? Okay. Got a couple tattoos? Okay. Couple more? Okay. Graduate school? Okay. Oh, now you're a vegetarian? Whatever makes you happy, son. I'll throw a portobello mushroom on the grill. When it was time for me to move out west, Dad offered to take me to check out the campus at the University of Montana. At the time, I thought he was just trying to be helpful. But when we flew in over the mountains bear-hugging the town of Missoula, his face lit up like a little kid who was about to meet Mickey Mouse on his first visit to Disneyland. I remembered then how much he had always loved the mountains. 
I inherited this from him. I moved to Montana, and Montana changed me. Now, several times a year, I'm in my car, tearing down a highway somewhere in the west, music up too loud, and I have a moment. The hair on the back of my neck stands up, and I get a lump in my throat, and I push it down with a smile. If I'm by myself, I usually start laughing. I take in whatever's flying by my car windows. Red desert towers, snow-flocked peaks, endless pine forests. And I say to myself, this is exactly what my dad would want me to be doing. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's genetics, but my whole life has been an adventure. Uh, I grew up in a poor family, had nothing, and everything I did was an adventure. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. How good are you? At the beginning of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, after Sundance shoots a man's gun holsters off his hips in a dark saloon, Butch and Sundance ride off into the sunrise. The film goes from sepia tone to full color, and the two men and their horses trot through the wide-open lands of the desert southwest, past the silhouettes of huge mesas. Then the camera is right next to them as they pass below the skyscraper red sandstone walls of Zion National Park, their horses splashing through the Virgin River. To me, a kid growing up in a state where 70% of the ground is covered by corn and soybean plants, and the tallest thing on the horizon was a grain elevator, that looked like the place to be. Doc Holliday, Sundance, Jeremiah Johnson, Wyatt Earp, these are men who headed west to figure it all out in the big hills, or the open country. There aren't so many real cowboys left in America, just lots of folks who dress like them. The best most of us can do is buy a pickup truck or chew tobacco. That was the closest I ever got. Maybe the cowboy is gone, but the tradition of going west to reinvent oneself has endured. At some point, I got the idea that there was something in the mountains worth looking for, and I'd better get out west and look for it. I don't want a nice house. I want my life to look like a movie. My father has spent 35 of his 59 years making people laugh from behind the meat counter of a half a dozen grocery stores in Iowa. I don't get back to visit as often as I should, and that's partly his fault, and partly Jeremiah Johnson's. But mostly it's due to whatever it is in some of us that has to go out there and take a good long look so we can find out what's inside us. You don't know half the things that I hold dear, what I'd shake to be with you tonight. I couldn't see more than a hundred feet in front of the windshield as my parents and I drove up Trail Ridge Road in Rocky Mountain National Park on a Saturday in September. One of the first snows of the season was dropping a cloud of flakes everywhere higher than 10,000 feet. We kept driving into the snow, higher towards the crest of the road at 12,183 feet, in my mom's white Toyota sedan with Iowa license plates. We weren't a bunch of lost Midwesterners who didn't know any better than to drive upward into a Rocky Mountain snowstorm. We were just looking for a certain bench. The snow didn't let up as we strolled from the car down the path to the Forest Canyon Overlook, where I had narrowed it down to one of two benches. Joe pulled up the photo of us in 1985, sitting on a bench with the mountains behind us, on his Blackberry so we could make sure. We argued for a couple minutes about which one we had sat on for the photo 24 years ago, then settled on the first bench on the trail, not too far for a six-year-old to walk back then. I wonder what I thought of all this when I was six. 
I wonder if my dad ever thought he'd be back here with me, or if he thought I'd be a doctor instead of a dirtbag by now. Mom offered to take the photo this time, since my brother was a couple thousand miles away raising their first grandchild and preparing for the arrival of another grandchild. No film or flash cubes this time. You can't see anything but a giant wall of white behind us in the new photo. Fat snowflakes are falling all over us, making the whole thing look hazy. I look older than I think I should, and Dad would probably say the same thing about himself. I'm not sure what dreams Dad had for his kids in 1985, but I'd guess most parents just want their children to be happy. We don't talk about it too much, aside from him telling me that Mom wishes I'd come home for Thanksgiving more often instead of spending it out in the Utah desert every year. But because my dad put the West up on a pedestal, I'm here living what I think is a dream. And I'm the happiest guy I know. Now, I, I sometimes wonder if if I would have moved out West and, and raised you kids out there, if the familiarity or the, the having those having those Rocky Mountains right out your back door would have made you become complacent towards them. Not, not being out there like you do now and enjoying them like you do, I, just, I sometimes wonder if that would have, having lived there, if that would have changed your mind about them, if they were there day after day, you know what I mean? Yeah, Dad. I get it. Regular contributor Brendan Leonard lives, works, plays, and writes in the Rockies. It sounds like he's about due for a trip home. Music today by local Seattle artist Gabriel Mintz. You can check out his newly released album, Volume 1, at gabrielmintz.com. Check out our site, thedirtbagdiaries.com, for links to more of his music. We love hearing from you. Whether you want to just drop us an email, or friend us on Facebook, or leave a comment on the website, whatever suits your fancy. Support for the show comes from Patagonia. Right now, in the wake of the Gulf BP disaster, Patagonia is sending 10 employees a week to work with the Louisiana Bucket Brigade. In addition, they've plunked down an extra $100,000 for regional environmental groups. You can find out more about the organization's Patagonia supports at patagonia.com. Here's to less talk and more rock. Kuat Racks also makes the shows possible. Check out their line of Birdly but light bike racks online at kuatracks.com. I'm starting to see these puppies everywhere. Additional funding comes from New Belgium Brewing. I'm Fitzcahal, and that was Brendan Leonard, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.